Welcome to Pitch Deck Series 5, where we'll be having bite-sized conversations with established investors in early-stage startups. Looking to provide you with great nuggets of information when raising or considering raising seed capital. Pitch Deck is supported by Trumpet. If you work in sales or marketing and are tired of spending hours a week creating sales decks, then Trumpet is for you. Design personalized, interactive and trackable mini sites in a few clicks. Stand out from the crowd whilst also giving your customers a seamless experience from pitch to onboarding. To find out more, visit www.sendtrumpet.com. That's sendtrumpet.com and join the best in brass. So I'm thrilled to welcome a slightly different kind of guest into the pitch studio for this episode. It's uh, Matt Smith, who is a professional footballer who's been playing over the last 11 years for teams such as Leeds, Fulham, QPR and Millwall. Scored around 95 goals, nearly at that 100. But he is on this episode to talk angel investing. He's also an avid angel investor. He's done over 10 deals, a couple worth calling out. One, Velocity Black, which is a digital concierge service that's raised over £50 million in venture. And Honest Mobile, which uh, are bringing the modern ways of Monzo to Telco. So trying to disrupt the likes of Vodafone and EE, etc., but with the eco-credentials of a bulb. Very interesting one there, I think. So, Matt, welcome to Pitch Deck. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I've been a, uh, an admirer of, uh, of the podcast for a while, so it's cool to be uh, on the show. Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's just dive straight in. So, as a footballer, is, is there the, the same type of deals you get sent? And I'm thinking here like sports products, consumer products, ones that they think footballers would naturally sort of understand and engage with. Yeah, I think certainly over the years as a, as a professional footballer, you do get brought certain types of deals that you get made aware of. And I think the sort of network effects of football, these deals kind of get circulated. So I think the, the kind of footballing world tends to know about what's hot at the moment or what's going around. For myself personally, because I've kind of always had a life away from football, obviously being going to university and I've always had a, like a, my business degree and I've got a, a, keen, a keen eye on business. I've always kind of surrounded myself with, you know, successful entrepreneurs away from the footballing world. And I think I've, that's kind of lent itself to more of the circles that I've kind of been involved in myself and enjoyed doing and enjoyed picking up. But that's not to say, obviously, that, you know, that some of the deals that, that coming away footballers are you know obviously obviously good ones just to maybe like you said just a particular kind of niche so for you what what type of business do you like what type of vertical do you like yeah it'd be good just to understand what sort of floats your boat in an investment world i think for me it's always been about people i've always kind of been brought up with the ethic that it's it's more the 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 people executing the idea versus the actual idea itself i think particularly for early stage venture obviously there's a huge element of risk associated with it but i always i kind of I mean, naturally you know companies which i've seen plenty of times do pivot so you end up kind of investing in a company that was totally different to the one you envisaged you originally invested in but I, for me it's always been about the people i've always invested in people that i think you know are bright individuals really work hard 
work ethic, who really want to succeed. For me, that's always been my driver when it's come to deals that I've been involved in. Obviously, the idea helps and naturally you gravitate towards ideas that you can sort of half resonate with or half understand. There's rarely would I get involved in one where I don't have a clue what's going on. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to think that I could add some sort of value in some way, shape or form, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And that actually leads me on to my next question. So if, if you do see something that is a bit sort of out of, you know, your your scope that, you know, you, you understand what the business model is, but it's just not in your scope at all. Do you as an investor lean on a network or do, do you endeavor to really understand it? Or do you take sort of the pitch deck or the, the founder chat at face value? Yeah, I, I, the former, I tend to lean on mentors and lean on friends that would have a better idea of it than myself. Rarely would I sort of go blind into something where I don't know the subject matter, regardless of how exciting the founder story or the narrative might be. I've always been a heavy believer in mentors. And to be honest with you, Nick, I've always kind of been, I've, I think there's some, well, for myself, who's kind of just new into venture, like I kind of just not pride myself is totally the wrong way of saying it, but like I don't mind being the dumbest person in the room if that makes sense. Like I, I like I like to learn off people. I like to lean on 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 people who are far brighter than me, and I I really like learning. I think that's a lot of my um is my drive is is just learning. So even if I don't go into something, if I'm listening to a pitch or whatever, or looking at a deck, I kind of like to learn and and pick up different things and like you say, broaden your sort of knowledge base. Um, when you say, you know, you, you're, you're backing a founder and you like a smart, you know, sort of driven founder, how can a founder get that across to you? Like, what, what are your markers when you're like, mm, yeah, this founder, I think they've got it? I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of it's driven on gut instinct. I think certainly in the footballing industry or being a footballer and, and coming up through the ranks, so to speak, you kind of appreciate that hard work beats talent and it's something that I've like for myself as a footballer, I've got very, I'd always say I've got very limited natural ability, but I work really, really hard. And that's why I kind of feel as I've had a, an okay career and, and made a, a good fist of it with albeit limited ability. And you, I think you, naturally you, you, a lot of things you can, you can pick up on, on, um, by a gut feel, how you feel about that person. And obviously you bet that person and other people will speak about them. And like I said, ex- you know, their experience, their background. And also, like, for instance, you were, you originally mentioned about the, the Honest Mobile deal, like how much they had achieved with very limited backing. Like the boys at Honest, for instance, had achieved so much and developed so much without a lot of financial backing. And to me, I thought, wow, if they did have a bit of backing behind them, they could really kick on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So um, one for founders to, to listen to there, like, you know, you, you, with, with limited resources, you can get to a certain stage where you're showing traction and product market fit before you take it to investors. So I think that's, that's a really good point. In, in, in the sort of changing room environment as a professional footballer, it, is angel investing talked about? What, what, what's the vibe with sort of investing in the sort of behind the scenes in the, in the pro football world? I think it's becoming far more more popular now. I think uh, you've definitely seen a movement, certainly, I think, in the US leagues, particularly in the NBA, the NFL. The guys in America are really, I think, setting the trend for athlete investing. I think it's been a bit slower probably in the UK, but that's not to say that people are getting interested in it now. It's becoming far more, mainstream is not the word, but certainly I think a lot more are interested. You know, I think the 
technological change we're seeing in the world, like the the way the world's evolving, I think people are opening their eyes to sort of the new normal and what and what's coming ahead, really. So I think certainly people are far more open to to these type of things than they probably once were. And do you find footballers are more and more sort of thinking about what's next? Uh, post-career obviously you know you guys make a really good living and you know but then you know it all ends in the 30s but you've got the rest of your life to lead so do you think that you know that is a consideration for for footballers I hope so I hope so because you know you look at statistics and they're pretty frightening really you know the number of players that go bankrupt within you know five six years of retirement the number of players end up in you know divorced and the issues that are, you know, different issues are associated with that. You know, you go across every major league in America and in Europe and the statistics are frightening, really. So that probably doesn't lend itself to to, to make me say that uh, people are thinking about it. But I think for me personally, you know, it's something that's a huge consideration of mine. You know, I've, I've had a successful first chapter, you know, with my footballing professional career, but certainly I want my next chapter in life to be equally as successful in a, you know, a different way. So I've always kind of thought that I want to spin my plates in the, in the world of venture whilst I'm playing, whilst I'm earning good money so that, you know, in my next chapter, I'll have a network base, a knowledge base and, and something I can move into that, that I enjoy doing because like I said, the world of venture has always really excited me. And I think even I'm doing my MBA at the minute, I've done my undergrad, like it's a part of the sort of broad spectrum of business that I've just kind of, had a natural curiosity towards so like I said that's always kind of why I've enjoyed spinning my plates in 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 the world of in the world of VC really yeah that that makes total sense and you know if if a founder's listening and is thinking okay I've got the the perfect business that I think sports players would appreciate or would be perfect on my cap table I imagine there's quite big viral network effects among changing rooms. What was, you know, what's the best way to access a, a pro footballer? I think, like you said, the the the, the viral network effect in, in the world of sport is crazy. I think, no disrespect, I think I can speak for footballers, we are a bit lazy by nature. So if one person brings a certain specialist to the equation, the chance, and he does a good job, the chances are most of the other lads in that dressing room are going to use him and, that person speaks to another person in another dressing room and it snowballs, you know, there's certain areas of life, call it what you were, if it's, you know, if you're a, a concierge company, if you're an interior designer, if you're a car guy, they're the same names getting thrown around in the same circles, uh, you know, constantly. So I think certainly to be able to drip feed an idea, so to speak, into a big voice in a dressing room, that's only going to drip feed to the other lads in that dressing room and into the wider community of that of that sport and i've seen it happen time and time again so i think just dipping your toe into to someone who has a particular voice in the dressing room is, is key and then i said you'd be mind blown with the, like you said the viral network effect of, of sport nice and when and yourself so when you get a, a deck how often on on average do you spend looking at that deck the first time how many slides do you think is too long when you're looking at a deck? And what do you like to see when you're reading through a deck? Starting at the end, I like to see an obvious problem and an obvious solution. I think, you know, all the, the metrics and stuff that are used are obviously helpful and give you a, a bigger understanding of the picture. But I think for me, having a clear understanding of what the solution is to, 
to the particular problem right at the very get-go gives me a, a good bit of clarity as to what I'm diving into. And like you said, nothing too long, 10, 10, 12 slides or so. And, you know, generally, generally spend, you know, a good half an hour to an hour, you know, not necessarily one sitting, but then I'll cross-reference it with, with friends and mentors that I trust. Perhaps they've received the same deck too, who knows? And, and talk about it really, you know, and then the likes obviously once, you know, I don't like to pin everything that I've read on the founder and the founder's story and the narrative because, you know, I don't want to be like too naive to think that everything is, is roses and cream, if that makes sense. You kind of want some level of realism and like to try and be conservative and realistic and back back particular question marks in my head, so to speak, and, and try and get a fuller understanding. And I think certainly I've I've always believed in mentorship and that for me in the world of VC has kind of been a huge thing for me because someone who does have limited experience and comes from a totally different world, for me, that's always been key. And I've always had four, five, six guys that I trust with my life, really. And before you sort of spend that half an hour, hour going to your networks and a deck gets put in front of you, how quickly at first glance do you give it a chance? <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah, no, I think again, I you know go back to gut feel. I think some things you see from the get go, you think, "Wow, this is straight over my head." Like I, you know, no shame in admitting that you know certain things I just don't fully grasp. So obviously, I'll give it a go and I'll talk about it. But you know, and then I like to Google things, I like to do internet research based off what I've read. And you know, even if it doesn't amount to anything, at least I feel as though I've learned about something and something new, a different subject matter, and. The next time it might pop up, I might know that bit more about it and be able to contribute that bit more. But, you know, fundamentally, going back to, to what I said before, it's, I kind of tend to lean on things that I do have a, a sound understanding of. And more importantly, I feel like I can add value to that founder in some way, shape or form and like collaborate with them in, in some way, shape or form, even if it's a small or big matter. And is there anything in particular when you look at a deck that can really put you off a company so apart from just like not understanding it or it's not something you're interested in is there anything else that uh, could be a bit of a red flag for you when you're reading a deck probably only when it's just a bit over the top if that makes sense if it's a bit if, if it seems a bit too good to be true like the the, the the narrative the founders painting seems to be like a home run before we even got going i think i've always just a bit skeptical to you know the, like i said the world of early stage venture is is really risky. And obviously, I like optimism, and but like blind optimism is probably something that I stay clear of. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, it makes total sense. The every 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 graph being one that shoots up to a billion. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> literally. Then I'd yeah err on the side of caution because I know that it's not that easy. And finally, with a founder themselves, you said, you know, you like to see, you know, try and understand if they're a smart founder and if they've got the determination. Are there any other aspects of a founder or founders that they should be showing you to make you back them? I think as well, like, you know, I like having like somewhat of a personable relationship with that person. You know, if it's someone that ultimately you, you get, you know, naturally an investment cycle can be what anything from five to 10 years. You're going to be communicating with this person to some degree for a long period of time. So I like to have somewhat of a, you know, him be personable, him be, you know, a good, good guy, good woman, you know, someone that you can talk to and learn off and have a good relationship with 
you know, outside of just the obviously transactional element of the investment. I think that's something that, you know, you, you always want to sort of win, win with friends or win with, with people you admire and people you like and you get on with. And, that, you know, it, that's always been kind of a thing that I've always quite enjoyed as well. I feel like all the, the kind of founders that I've backed, I've got a somewhat good relationship with them. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And one actually that's not often made for founders who are listening is when you go on these calls with investors, it's much about building a rapport with them rather than the business itself and, and being open and personable and trying to create that connection within those minutes is super important. I think I think the thing particularly when it comes to the world of professional sport and athlete investors in general is that they obviously are privy to maybe a certain level of access that other people might not be privy to. So, you know, I think having that relationship with a founder whereby you can give that access in return for knowledge is kind of something that I've always, and, you know, being able to be, like I said, have a good relationship with that founder. So it's not purely transactional, but it can evolve, the relationship can evolve and you, you're kind of always learning and, and growing. I kind of That's always kind of been where I've seen things. Nice. Yeah, I really like that. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us, giving us a, a pro football uh, view over angel investing has been super interesting. So really appreciate your time, Matt. No, nah, Nick, thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed it, I'd hugely appreciate it if you can share it on socials or indeed just with your network. If you're feeling extra generous, I'd absolutely love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, the Play Store or iTunes. That is the only way we get more listeners. So thanks for that. Support for Pitch Deck also comes from Planes Studio. If you've got an idea for a business and want to quickly get a product live, you should check them out. Whether you're a startup or scale up, they help you take your idea, build a prototype and launch it into market before your competitors do. And they'll also keep learning from your customers to only build the features you need as you grow. We've worked with them at Horseplay Ventures, and I can safely say they're some of the smartest product thinkers and builders out there right now. So check out planes.studio.